Good morning, everyone. Hello, everyone at home, wherever you're watching today. How beautiful. We're going to continue. I can see Holy Spirit even in the songs that we sang this morning and His beautiful presence here. He has a work to do in us, yeah? Did you come ready for Holy Spirit's work this morning? Amen. You know, I'm going to go to some sensitive places this morning. Is that okay? Can I go to some hard places? All right. I spend most of my days um, having conversations with women. I don't often talk about what I do because it is quite a sensitive space that God's called me to work in. Um, Mostly women of all ages, in the space of unplanned pregnancy and pregnancy loss. And I know that there will be some women here sitting here today who have had some of these experiences, and please just guard your heart as we share around this sensitive space. We also cheer on early motherhood um, every Thursday over there in the Hope Centre, which is just amazing. The vision for this ministry started back in 2014 um, when Chris and I were in Ghana um, he was, his company had set up there and was doing a work and Jonathan and I went over to visit him and uh, always having a heart for missions. I'm always ready to hear God say, go there, be there, do, do this. And when I was there, I had an incredible dream. And in the dream, I saw myself coming up out of a swimming pool of, filled with water, holding a tiny little baby. And my first, you know, initial thought was, yay, God's calling me to minister to babies in Ghana, you know, called to missions in Africa. That's right where my heart would go. Um, But that wasn't to be. And the company closed its doors in Ghana and um, there was no open door that I could see from Holy Spirit to continue down that pathway. So I left the vision with God. But you know when God's spoken and drops something in your heart, it just doesn't go away, right? <laughs> and so I was always mindful and dreaming of what that could have meant, what, what that vision could have meant. One day I was having a coffee with my good buddy Michelle um, in, a, in a beautiful cafe and, and we started just to sort of dream a bit and think, wouldn't it be wonderful to have a space like this? you know, to encourage women and, and help them and put poor emotional strength and, um, you know, pray and lead women to Jesus. And um, we started to plan and we watched God send us in all sorts of directions to all sorts of people, including our pastor Nick here at Hope Centre. And we saw the door open for this amazing ministry And it's called Women's Life Centre. And we cheer on and support and offer free professional counselling and help to women in these sorts of situations. And, you know, I feel this is the greatest work I've ever done in serving Jesus. And I've led and done a lot of crazy things in ministry over over 40 years. But I sense that all of that was training for this, this work. And I say that 
because I feel like so much of our Christian life and experience is a training course. And if I could give a name to that 40-year training course I did, and I'm still doing, it's this. I'd call it The Depths of God's Love and Mercy 101. That's it. When we signed up to follow Jesus and be his disciples, did you know you signed up for that course? The depths of God's love and mercy, 101. We're all in that course. And so this morning I felt God wanted us just to take a little look and a think and allow Holy Spirit to take us a bit deeper around what is strong love. Strong's our mandate for this year, yeah? Here at Uni Hill Church. And you know, you might get 20 different preachers up here preaching on this topic and they'd all give you a different spin and it would all be right. <laughs> I'm just going to give you the bit Holy Spirit deposited in my heart this morning. Is that okay? If you've got a Bible, you might like to turn to John 8. And we're going to read the first 11 verses. A little snippet out of the life of Jesus. John chapter 8, starting with verse 1. Now, Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. We know what he did there. He usually prayed. That was his place of retreat and prayer, building his relationship with Father God, strengthening and checking in with him. Now, early in the morning, he came into the temple. You could almost say he came to church. (laughs) He came to speak to the ones who followed him. And all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and Pharisees, that was the legalistic bunch, the religious bunch of those days, brought to him a woman caught in adultery. Adultery is sexual intercourse between a married person and a person who is not their spouse. Unfortunately, it is glorified in this world. And Christian, if you're watching TV shows that are glorifying this kind of sin, might be time to change your channel, turn it off. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very act. They shamed her in front of everybody. Now Moses, in the law, they quoted the Bible, clever, aren't they? Commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say, Jesus? This they said, testing him. And I want to tell you right now, in this world, the church is being tested. The church is having stuff thrown towards it to test it, just like Jesus. So they said this testing him, that they might have something of which to accuse him of. But Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground with his finger, as though he didn't hear them. I imagine 
Jesus didn't react or validate their questions. He was waiting on Father God's (laughs) words for this situation. He was waiting on the instruction of how and where to place his compassion and mercy in this situation. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw at her first. What a simple, profound response in that situation. He confounded and convicted them all. He didn't have a go at them. He just put truth out there. And I just want to put in something here that, you know, today on social media, we have to be very careful as Christians not to be the, thro- the stone throwers who are throwing by our words and responses and reactions to what we are seeing and we are throwing stones just like these Pharisees wanted to do right now. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Then those who being convicted by their conscience went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last, And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw that no one but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. The one who had every legal and spiritual right to condemn her didn't. Condemn meaning guilting her and shaming her. He didn't guilt and he didn't shame her. He released her with forgiveness and mercy and his truth Stop doing what you're doing. It's harming you. Then Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Let me just pray. Holy Spirit, please come right now and open our hearts to truth and awaken our spirits to catch a greater portion of your love and mercy in our lives today. Amen. So strong is our spiritual mandate here at church this year. Serving strong, praying strong, declaring our authority in Jesus. They're all vital pieces of growing as a Christian and they need to be strong There is a platform, however, that all of this strength must bounce from. And in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul reminds us that if we do, if what we do is not founded in love, well, let's read the verses, shall we? 
He says, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I've become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and to understand all mysteries and all knowledge, though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor and even give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Powerful words. So let's have a look at strong love. Just got three um, points for us to cover today. There, there's probably a million and one points. <laughs> but we're just doing three this morning. And open your heart. I believe Holy Spirit wants to do a real work, a deep work inside us this morning and that that's going to bear fruit in the communities around us. Strong love. The first thing about strong love, number one, it doesn't judge. It's not religious. One of the most damaging criticisms of Christianity over the centuries is that Christians, the church, have had a judgmental attitude toward other people. I love what Mother Teresa said. She said this, If you judge people, you have no time to love them. And it saddens me in the space that I minister in to hear women in trouble say, that the last place they would ever come for help and support is the church. That breaks my heart. I've been a, a part of church life for 50 years. We're supposed to be the safe place for people to run to. You know, the Pharisees were very quick to judge this woman and then hold Jesus responsible for applying the punishment and, you know, there are those Christians in our world today who still jump to judgment, forgetting what love and mercy they have received and that God already applied the punishment to our precious Jesus. Judgment shames people. Guilt is about our actions, but judgment shames a person. We are guilty of sin, every single one of us. And I love it when Jesus stood there with that woman, he just leveled the playing field. The self-righteous judges right there and then literally had to walk away. Guilt is about behavior, but shame is about who we are as a person. That's why it's so destructive and damaging. But Jesus addressed her actions, but he didn't shame her. That's strong love. That's the kind of love we as disciples of Jesus must be living out and growing in, learning through this course we're doing, <laughs> 
That's strong love. You know, every one of us here today is yet to understand and experience the full weight of God's love. Me, all of us, you at home today, we have yet to experience the full weight of it. And I I felt to call it a weight because when I think of God's love, I think of a dying Jesus sacrificing himself on a cross. That's heavy. Depths of God's love and mercy 101. We'll be completing that course until our last breath. Even Jesus doesn't judge us. He intercedes for us. He goes between us and God. God is the one and only judge. The Bible teaches us this about God. God is just. This is how the Bible describes him. He administers divine justice that goes way beyond any judgment you or I could ever give. God is never too exacting. He never deals with humankind without showing mercy. Even in the most severe punishment, he shows great understanding and wisdom beyond measure. God's judgment is always dealt with his perfect love. Can we say that about ourselves? Nope. So we don't get to judge. (laughs) You know, the devil, Satan, is working hard to destroy people in our world through shame. The heartbreaking suicide rates in our world often reflect and result from people feeling shame. Jesus will never shame you. When you come to him, he will never shame you. He forgave me and my shameful sin. (laughs) And we have to understand this morning that God is so big, he's bigger than sin. Can you think about that for a minute? God is bigger than sin. Sin has no power other than what we choose to give it. Jesus sorted that out on the cross. And we have to kill our foolish pride that tells us that God can't forgive us. And I believe that's something Holy Spirit's going to drop in some hearts here today. You need to receive his forgiveness God is bigger than any sin we've ever done. No matter how shameful it might be in human terms, God is bigger than sin. And he can release and free us this morning. Strong love never judges or shames a person. Number two, Strong love doesn't displace mercy and compassion. You know, watching the people we love hurt themselves by their choices and behaviour is not easy. And it's in our human nature as parents and friends to feel sorry and try to help. 
And it's in our Christian culture too, isn't it? To reach out and offer aid where we can. But the temptation here is to leave the boundary of God's truth and potentially end up enabling them to continue in their sin and on the road of destruction. Our misplaced compassion and mercy can hinder and block the work of Holy Spirit if we let it. I know that's strong words this morning. But we were all on the road to sin and destruction before Jesus. And our relationship with Jesus has changed that direction. Jesus always pours out his love based on truth. And as Christians, where there is relationship and trust and safety, we should be able to go these places with each other. Not enabling destructive behaviour and ways of thinking, but dishing out strong love on a plate of truth, God's truth. I love what Jesus did with this woman. He showed love. Neither. I don't condemn you either. And then he whacked in the truth. Go and sin no more. Stop doing the behaviour that is destroying you. You know, part of my role in helping women is giving them a space to be informed and consider all the truths surrounding this subject of abortion. And what we do is more pro-choice than any pro-choice organisation out there today. And I say that because the pro-choice movement is really telling women you've only got one choice. They are pushing women in a certain direction. And I could keep you all day telling you the stories I hear and the conversations I have. Christianity is pro-choice. We believe in showing you all the options in love. And then the truth is, it's up to you to choose. We will love you no matter what you choose. God will love you no matter what you choose. God will not shame you no matter what you choose. We show love on a plate of truth. You know, in a reverse action, the world uses the same strategy as the Pharisees here. They say, Christian, the Bible says you're supposed to show love and have compassion. How can you be against abortion? Where's your compassion? Love this woman in poverty. She can't even support herself. How is she supposed to support a child? You're mean. You're really mean, Christian. How can you deny two men or two women their love for each other? You're supposed to, you know, support love and compassion. You're mean, Christian. You're really mean. How can you stop a teenager uh, from exploring their sexuality and their gender feelings? You're mean, Christian. You're really mean. Your Bible says, show love and compassion. The Pharisee said, 
The law says you get to stone this woman. You know, the same goes for all the wokeness that we are being faced with. You know, wokeness is not a new thing. It's literally been around almost since day one. And the definition of it is something like this. Being alert to injustice and discrimination in society, especially racism. It's now broadened a little bit to include um, things like an awareness of social inequalities. Well, that's a good thing, isn't it? With that definition, I reckon I'm a bit woke. However, the balance here is, yes, that is all good stuff, but the answer is God's truth. The answer isn't human feelings and emotions. The answer isn't misplaced compassion and mercy. The answer is the love of Jesus and the truth of God's word. God ha- God's word has much to say about injustice and inequality, but I don't have time to go there today. That's your homework, all right? So whether it's the LGBTIQ++++ or racism or abortion or any other social matter that's in our world today, this is time for Christians to live out strong love full of compassion and mercy for the individual, yet loaded with the truth from God's Word. Not my truth, the truth of God's Word. No judgment, no shame. Don't be afraid of wokeness. Guess what? It's the practical workshop for the course you're doing. Remember the course? The Depths of God's Love and Mercy 101. Well, this is your practical workshop. This is where you get to outwork the depths of his love and mercy. That love and mercy he's poured into each of our lives today. Respect the truth. God gave mankind free will. I had to sort this one out with him when I entered this space of ministry. I have very strong beliefs and convictions. And I had to take it to God and say, (sighs) he said, I gave you free will. Even I don't force people to do what they don't want to do. Why should you force people to? I'm like, okay, I get it, I get it, free will. Okay, we've got to respect it. That's God's truth. It's not our job to take their free will away from them even if what they're doing is harming themselves. That's where our compassion and mercy can be misplaced because we're not allowing the person themselves to make their choices and do the hard yards that hopefully, prayerfully will lead them into Jesus' love. Our job is to love a person with truth. As Christians, our mercy and compassion must always partner with God's truth. So strong love never judges or shames a person. Strong love is always a partner of God's truth. And third and lastly, 
Strong love always wins. How can I say that this morning, you might ask? Because sometimes it feels like love failed. When we show strong love, it might feel like we are actually hurting a person. Or when we don't see the fruit or result we hoped for, it feels like love failed. After years of loving someone, maybe your family, maybe a friend, a client, a colleague, they still made choices that were harmful to themselves and others. Human love has its weaknesses. It's a poor, dim, frail reflection of God's perfect love. And it's coloured with sin. And there are many conversations I've had with women about terminating their pregnancies. And I don't always know how the story ends. But my aim is always to show strong love. That's it. The love of Jesus dished up with truth. No shame, no judgment, just love and the portion of truth that they can receive, followed by my prayers for them. I'm sure you've experienced those times when in God's strong love you have seen the miracle, the transformation, the blessing when his strong love was active and we allowed it to flow with his truth. And maybe you won't see the fruit while you're living in some of the lives around you where you have been exercising the strong love of Jesus and his truth. But faith is knowing that God's strong love always wins. It always wins. And if you think any different, it's a lie of the enemy. God's strong love always wins. You know why I can say that today? Because 1 Corinthians 13, 8 says this, love never fails. Never is an absolute word. Love never fails. Love always wins because God himself is love. And I've read the end of the book and he wins. No matter what's happening around my life today, even if it looks like love is failing, God's strong love always wins. Always. I just want to finish off with these verses from 1 John 4. And John writes here, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. We know how much God loves us 
and we have put our trust in his love. God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Knowing strong love always wins. Strong love never judges or shames a person. Strong love is always a partner of God's truth. It's never misplaced. Strong love always wins. Amen. I wonder if you'd all stand with me as we just finish off this little section before our Pastor Greg comes up. I feel Holy Spirit just needs a little bit of a quiet space, if that's all right, to dig a bit deep into our individual lives and experiences. Can I just say something this morning? People living in shame transmit shame. They end up shaming others, either intentionally or inadvertently. Just like people in pain transmit pain unless God himself is allowed in. And we no longer become a transmitter of it. We become transformed by it, by his love. I want to ask you this morning, just lock, lock your eyes with Jesus, yeah? Are you carrying shame that Jesus never put on you this morning? The enemy's lie? Is he shaming you, telling you God can't forgive that? Well, the news for you this morning is, yes, he can. And he's way, way bigger than any of it. And I can think of the most shameful things in human experience, the most shameful things that we can think and feel and do. God can forgive it all this morning. And He wants us to let His love wash over us anew in a fresh way and let go of that shame and tell the enemy he's a liar. He's full of it. We believe God's truth this morning. Another question for you, have you been misplacing compassion and mercy? But you want to start operating out of strong love and wisdom and truth this morning with those God's put in your circle. By faith, you can receive a renewed strength from Jesus today to love in the truth, not just out of our own human response. And finally, this strong love flows from a relationship with Jesus. And there's a big love deficit in this world. And all the brokenness we see about us, all the wokeness we see about us is an empty hunger for genuine love and truth. That's all it is. And if you feel that hunger in your heart today, if you haven't invited Jesus, into your life, you haven't received His forgiveness for all that stuff. 
He wants you to take that step and make the decision today. Come to Him. Come to Jesus. He won't shame you. He'll just say, go. I release you. Go in my love and stop doing those things that are harming and destroying you. (laughs) And in fact, I'll even give you the Holy Spirit for that strength and power to stand against the enemy who's going to keep trying to drag us down. (laughs) That's what He wants to do for all of us this morning. So let's pray, shall we? Holy Spirit, you hear the faintest heart cry here this morning. And to those listening at home, Lord, you hear our heart cry. And we thank you, Jesus, that You have never shamed us and never will. And we pray right now that your love will wash over us, your mercy. And that we will stand against the enemy's lies that try to shame us and destroy us this morning. We stand in your love, Jesus. And Father, we pray today for a renewed strength to... Lord, show strong love with your truth. Father, that we might see lives transformed, people change direction in their life and follow you, Jesus. Help us, Lord, to show strong love. And Lord, where there is a deficit in this world, every place we look, they need your love, Father God, and you've chosen us, your church, to be the instrument you use to bring your love to this lost world. Help us, Lord, to live our lives of strong love and be your witness. And right now, Lord, for those who are reaching out and saying, I want to know Jesus, I want to touch this love. I need your forgiveness today. Jesus, hears your heart's cry this morning. You just tell him. Tell him what you're thinking and feeling. Invite him in. He comes in with his love. You begin the greatest love story of your life when you let Jesus in. Amen? Amen. God bless you guys.